Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. The company M34 returns to the podcast, this time with director James Rutherford's take on Oscar Wilde's very underproduced Salome, which he also translated from the French. James and actors Feathers Wise and Laura Butler Rivera sat down with Go See a Show correspondent Alex Randrup after a recent performance. Take a listen. If we can just start off with um, saying what your name is and, and what you did in the show and the name of the show. Great. Uh, the show is Salome by Oscar Wilde. I'm James Rutherford. I, I did the translation from the French and I directed it. And I'm Feathers and I play Yokanon, the prophet. Hello, and I am Laura Butler Rivera and I was um, playing the role of Salome. The titular role. <laughs> awesome. Um, and we generally start off these podcasts with just, what is the show? If you met someone tomorrow morning and had like a really great connection with them and you were like, oh, you should totally see this show, what would you tell them they were coming to see? <laughs> I would say, be surprised. No. <laughs> Fair? No, no, I'm just so much. Uh, I would say come see the, uh, a mystical tale, um, a dark ritual uh, <laughs> that, um, a, a tragedy mm-hmm. that is uh, beautiful with uh, um, all sorts of, uh, with dancing and projections and, uh, you know, biblical drama. <laughs> Think about you know this you know, themes of passion and desire, um, and and playing on the power to receive it or retrieve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know Oscar Wilde is is known. You know he's thought of as being sort of an English writer uh, uh, for his famous for his society comedies, but really he's a, he's like a queer Irish Catholic. And this is probably this is really the the piece where he is most he is most all of those things. Um, yeah, I think this play is sort of about about his queerness, about his questions, about desire, and you know he is going to be he is going to be thrown in prison, and it's going to just, in a couple of years for for being who he is, for loving who he loves, and that's going to destroy his health. And this is one of the few times that you hear him really. You like kind of get to see his heart, hear his heart. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's the destructiveness of forbidden desire. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. there's, yeah. It is a force, and once it gets in you, there's not much you can do but see where it leads you. You can't just ignore it, or we see yeah. that in the show. Yeah, I like to. I always feel like it's a whirlwind. I always say it starts off like the outskirts, and mm-hmm. you just get whipped in. To, of, with the decisions and, and yeah. the emotions, right? The emotions take over. Yeah. And it feels like a... It does feel like a spiral. Yeah. The use of repetition in particular, I feel like, contributes to that sense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of very in, intentional repetition that happens throughout the play, uh, certain lines that are repeated. Everybody's looking at the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it does have a does have a real sort of ritual quality to it, um, mm-hmm. which again is like very surprising if you think you're going to see an Oscar Wilde. Mm-hmm. Like you don't think it's going to be like a charm circle. 
Right. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like an invocation, like a summoning. Yeah. Um, and it really, I, I, that's, how, that's how I like to think about it. I dig that. I remember I read Salome a long time ago, and it was like at the end of me discovering and devouring Oscar Wilde's work. And it really was like uh, kind of this odd egg in the mix. And I remember thinking like this feels so raw and dangerous to my, you know, young teenage self, but it wasn't quite reading that way. And, and I think it's really noteworthy that this is a new translation and I'd love to hear more about why you like if there was a moment when you felt like that was the right choice when you knew that that was the the way to start I mean I think I I, I did this translation about I was working on another Oscar Wilde that that was cut that was intercutting little bits of it was it's important to be earnest that was intercutting other parts of his work into it Um, and I wanted to use Salome but I just hate that translation that everyone reads I really really hate it and so I did a small translation of that last speech of Salome's which is the Lyokanon you are the only only man I ever loved all of them undisgust me yada 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 um, I was a princess what was it? You, I was chasing you filled my veins with fire you know that sort of stuff it's so good um, and in the, in the in the translation that everybody reads it's this uh, it's a lot of these and thous it's a lot of this very sort of high fake biblical speech but in the French it's very very simple because his French was not that good mm-hmm. like his French was very very basic mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have any kind of fluency in French in the way he of course does in English so that was kind of the idea that like when I when I really started reading it in French there's this there's such a there's such an open quality to the way that everybody talks there's nothing like the subject matter is relatively highfalutin but the way that they talk is simple declarative sentences mm-hmm. and that really sort of opened up something for me, at least in the play, that you didn't, um, that he wasn't really hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, there's no subtext to the play, like everything that everybody is feeling, they're coming out with immediately. Um, and so, and it was really exciting to start translating it and to like, oh yeah, the, the text really supports that. The way that it's being said allows it to be, be very, very open and very emotional. I was actually surprised. I've honestly never, re- um, I never read Salome. I have seen, you know, bits and pieces of it. I've mm-hmm. never even actually seen it on stage before. So it. this is the first translation that I read. But I was surprised when I, in, you know, and read that others, other translations had the and thou because I, hmm. I thought, what? It, I, I don't know if it doesn't seem like it fits because I guess, and I think. And I'm really glad that I read James' um, <laughs> translation first because um, it is very beautiful. The the it's it's very clear and simple, but it's very heightened with the images. Not that the imbalance, yeah. but oh, the yeah, imagery, yeah. and is is just beautiful and very rich. But there is a quality that's very much you know I learned from James as well that he does that. Oscar Wilde didn't speak much French, so there is some like a childlike nature in the words in the text being very direct mm-hmm. in that sense. It's like very simple and direct, but sometimes simple is very complex. <laughs> very know, complex, complex, yeah. And the imagery and the imagination of a mm-hmm. child and letting it all kind of just flow out of you without filtering it through right. any so. kind of the or thou or how does this look, yeah. even though this is a big play about seeing like what you see. In, <laughs> And what's obscured for you was a big experience for me in seeing it, especially how with all this beautiful staging and the design. Um, 
So yeah, 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 yeah. I felt very welcomed. It was easy, and I welcomed into it. But right. at the same time, um, transported into you know these these worlds that they describe, like the mountain, like they, that Salome is one of the lions. Is your your skin, your body is white like mountain snow, like the snow falling from the mountains of Judea to the valley below. Which mm. like, what are you like on a so voyage? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, how was it to? Um, it's a it's a large ensemble play, which I had not remembered. I remembered the you know the main players, but it, there are tons of people on stage all the time, and so in rehearsals, it's a whole crowd that you're working with to create like the whole world of every moment. How was it to develop this in rehearsals? Um, it started small, <laughs> right? I mean, because we we started uh, we started working on this maybe like a almost two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and that then it was like just Laura and Marty who plays Herod, mm -hmm. and then like a rotating cast of characters, and we basically, um, and we've been kind of adding to that ensemble ever since, um, and it's like some of the some of the actors we just added like maybe maybe a month ago, mm -hmm. when we added like some of the some of the non-speaking roles, because mm -hmm. we had just we'd gone through like several weeks of rehearsal and we just realized like the crowd needs to be bigger. Mm. And it's and it's the play has really transformed I think since getting those sort of numbers and getting the energy of so many it people. Um, it kind of gave us a uh, sort of a glimpse of what it's going to be like having an audience watching it. Yeah, um, it's an extension. Yeah, yeah. and it, it it functions like a Greek chorus in that way mm. too. Um, that was yeah, it was really exciting once that started to happen. But it did it, it was sort of possible because we had done a lot of very intense. Uh, core work with say the like four like the mainly the four big actors and then the the sort of ancillary circle around them. Nice. Um, yeah. And was the um, like was the translational done by the time you guys got in, or or was there um, yeah. some kind of give and take of developing word choice and sound and that type of stuff? Um, I sort of I left it open for people to yell at me and say they didn't <laughs> like it. Um, I was expecting <laughs> to, no have one had to, to have to. <laughs> well, I was really expecting because um, I think especially Yokanan has a lot of really s tough stuff to say. Like a lot of it is, uh, is direct quotations from King James, the, like the King James version of the Bible, uh, from like the Song of Solomon or the Book yes. of Revelation. <laughs> Some light text. Yeah. <laughs> no, and so I'm, and I love that stuff. I love <laughs> that really And part of part of why I was so excited to, to to meet Feathers and have her be a part of this is that she really makes it possible. You know, she she's able to like speak biblical text and have it sound like something um, <laughs> that like is a different that like there's a certain musicality and a certain size to it that that they. I don't think I would have known exactly how to direct, but you were never sort of afraid of going there. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, thank you. I didn't know that that was a thing <laughs> <laughs> I that I was that. doing. Sure. But thank you. But, but I mean, because I, I yeah. remember trying to direct you to, to speak it like dialogue oh, almost yeah. early on. Yeah, I was, we were trying to sort of like parse it like you would, like it's heightened language, but you'd parse it like you would parse Shakespeare. Yeah. And it, it was, we were just making a mess of it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and then once once I think once I sort of I let you try to like work with it more musically, it suddenly really opened up. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least that's how I remember it going. I, I feel like that's absolutely how it went. Um, yeah, and it definitely is like felt felt sorry like what Salome is you know in, 
intrigued by and yeah. like the, the line of when I heard when I saw it when I looked at you I heard strange music it's yeah. very it made it's like oh it comes together mm. <laughs> you know, I feel like there was a point at which you did this exercise with everybody that really opened everything up for me where we all sat down together um, and spoke all the lines together as one oh, like really? kind of in unison right. and then yeah. some people started taking it off in different directions and I got a sense of like the scope of where it could go that's really cool um, so like some people were like shouting it ah! and some people were like whispering and other people were have, having you know um, a lot of musicality to their voices and I uh, couldn't resist like just going like that stuff and just like opening it up and like taking it to where um, you know we uh, to where there is some singing in it I mean it even talks like the first the first prophecy line like singing is mentioned and so it was mm. like oh why don't we go there with it but I really feel like that I, I, I trace it all back to that one exercise, that exercise yeah. yeah that was a, that really was a great exercise there's yeah oh go ahead no please please I please. was gonna just say there's something um, uh, conjuring in this play the way that singing and dance is used um, in a in a world that's pretty quickly set up to be um, you know court-like and dealing with the bumbling king and bowing when you don't want to die and and those type of stakes and then and then having uh, like a note pierce the light you you realize you are absolutely dealing with God in some way and um, the dance of the seven veils obviously is a huge part of it, but I was really struck by how, you know, a woman dancing for a man is often thought of as the, for the man's benefit, but it was so clearly to me a show of the power you have that he could never have. And those were the moments that really stuck out to me. I thought those were very magical moments. That's great. Yeah, yeah that's great. I, I, I know, for me as well, I think I always imagined that the dance of Salome was a way of showing to him, like, you know, some sex appeal or, mm -hmm. um, but then learning more of it and also exploring the role, it was very much like, oh, no, wait, no, <laughs> she's something, there's something that she really wants and this is the way to get it. But, you know, and, and are also discovering that in, yeah. in herself too. Yeah, which is not to say it, like, the dance is like necessarily empowering like it is still it's still yeah. you know what i mean it still mm -hmm. is something he gets because like he you know he gets a certain access to her body right. mm -hmm. and it's you know it's, it's a question of like it then it then allows her an enormous amount of power like she gets what she but it's like what is but exactly she still had a lot to pay right yeah it, like it, the cost is not trivial and and it, it you know it's it's like it, the ending doesn't go well for anyone. No. Like it, it make it makes a real like it's a proper tragedy in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll just say that that first image of her being you know the second the sensuality it was oh no I have to do this and in front of the court you know mm -hmm, you're putting yeah. me in this position that's very uncomfortable. So there's a a complex duality with both of those Definitely. something that I want and having to do what is asked and allowing to be looked at. Mm -hmm. Allowing to, yeah. Yeah, the play is sort of, as you, as you sort of well noticed, it's the the big the big, you know, for those of you who speak French, the 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 the, the dialectic in the play is between regarder and voir, right? It's between the verb to look at and the verb to see, and that's the kind of, you know, Salome and the last thing. It's like you you, you looked at me, Yakanab, but you never saw me, but I saw you, 
and there's Herod is like I don't want people to look at me mm-hmm. by the end it's like what do you do to people by looking at them mm-hmm. what power do you give them and also what kind of violence do you put on top of them when you look at them um, and what does it mean you know when you look at the moon you know it's all this it's all directionality it's a lot of like do you see what I see mm-hmm. um, do you have the same experience of looking and being looked at as I do and naturally they don't like yeah. it's even the two soldiers like it, it's I think it's a wonderful play because it really sets it all up like the two soldiers at the beginning they say like Herod is looking at something mm-hmm. and the other one says no he's looking at someone <laughs> but they can tell by the expression on his face that he's either looking at someone or something but they can't they don't know what um, I think it's like pretty comprehensive yeah um, yeah very cool yeah. it's a uh, it, it's it's so easy right now, I feel like, to, to try to make every piece of art related to some very direct thing happening in our life. Mm. And what I really love about this play is that I think it re- rejects that. Oh, really? <laughs> I personally, I think that there, there's something so, um, and, and this is just my own mm-hmm. take, but there's something uh, <laughs> abstracted and mystical about this play that we're, requires you to look inside instead of expecting sure. it to be out there, whatever this play's about, and I appreciate that right now. Yeah, no, I mean, not to say that it isn't, doesn't get, like, this is a very, very, very timely play mm-hmm. in terms of, in terms of, like, violence against women mm-hmm. and also, like, a certain kind of female revenge mm-hmm. and the, just, like, the, and, you know, uh, toxic masculinity. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like, really on, you know, and, and, like, I, 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 I swear to you, I wrote all of Herod's lines three and a half years ago and it's just mm-hmm. spooky that it's like oh yeah this isn't like we've been dealing with men like this for thousands of years like we've been giving men like this power for thousands of years it's actually not new it's not special yeah. um, that yeah. that he actually falls into an archetype right. um, and not the other way around right. um, it's funny there's a meme going around of uh, like lo- what looks like a you know like a Greek statue woman holding a head a severed head that says be thankful we want women want equality and not payback. Yes. Sure. Um, and I, and it's like and it just now started going around and of course you like can't help but think there's yeah, the head, really you big. know. Yeah. There is the head, yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, okay. So Salame. Sal- salame. Salame. <laughs> I always think salami, and no. that's a mistake. That's a deli meat. Salame um, is running at the Irondale Center until when? October 27th. And um, where can people get information? Um, you can get information at m-34.org. That's the website, M34. And we play uh, every night at 8 p.m. except for Tuesdays and Sundays. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the Go See a Show podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. Come see the show. Yes. Thank you, James, Feathers, and Laura, for hanging out after the show to chat, and big thanks to Alex for hosting the interview. Welcome to Go See a Show. You can catch M34's production of Salome, part of the Fringe NYC Bring Your Own Venue program at the Irondale Center, 85 South Oxford Street in Brooklyn, through October 27, 2018. Head to m-34.org for a link to tickets and more information. 
Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Cool. Thank you. Yeah.